trade deadline is looming, and this is the Powder Blue Podcast, so we're going to talk about it. Frank Close here, Jeff Mosher. Jeff, how you been? I'm good, Frank. I'm good. I'm. Uh, I feel like uh, we are just along for the roller coaster ride that is the Philadelphia Philly season, and I've had my hands in the air at times, like like when you're just starting out on that coaster, and then I've been like, ah, uh, you know, like sometimes you get off one and you just feel like you got your ass kicked. <laughs> so that's the Philly season so far. In a roller coaster, it has been, and man, uh, the high from sweeping the Rays, and then. Uh. Then they, then they lose two to the Marlins. Then they yeah. lose the first to the Padres after the All-Star break. And you're thinking, oh, man, it's low again. But then they win the next three against the Padres and the first against the Brewers. And you're thinking, yay. Yep. Then they lose two to the Brewers, two or three to the Guardians. And then they lose the first one to the Orioles. And by the way, game two against the Orioles, like midway through the game, it just felt like the world was ending, right? It really did. Yes. <laughs> and they come back to win and they have a nice win on Wednesday. So... Is this are they up or down right now? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they are. Um listen, there are some teams, right, that are like the Braves. They are just dominant from start to finish, and it's great. And their fans, I'm sure, are loving it until they get to the playoffs and see what happened, but that's awesome. And then there are teams on the bottom, right? Like the Royals or the uh the A's where the, the team's not good. Then there's kind of a lot of teams that are in the same boat as the Phillies, right? We just tend to look at it through a Phillies lens and how um, frustrating it can be at times to not be better, not be more consistent. But you know what? Look at the Yankees. Um, look at some other teams that have highs and lows and and go through the same thing. And you'll realize they're all – their fans are saying the same thing. Why can't this guy stay healthy? Why can't this guy be more consistent, you know? Uh, why can't my team be – 15 games over 500 and have a couple of win streaks instead of just a few. Um, so I'm trying to keep that in perspective. This team is, I think their records better now than it was last year. I, I, I mean, last year felt like really, even after they righted the ship with Rob Thompson and they had that big winning streak, there were just some really annoying series where they lost to teams that you felt like they should not have lost to. I feel like, I don't feel as frustrated this year in that regard. The Brewers series was, you know, you went to a game, I went to a game. It was it was a frustrating series because they have a lot of injuries, and there were some guys I, I actually have not heard of who were hitting the ball pretty well, like the Andrew Monasterio, and um, uh, there's, oh God, the other outfielders they had who I had not heard of, but I, they did pitch well, and I kind of knew after splitting the first two that facing Burns in game three was going to be difficult so i'm not that like upset about it but um i feel like this is how the rest of the season's gonna be it's it's you know they're gonna gradually get more and more above 500 but there'll be some frustrating moments along the way yeah that 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 game three against milwaukee i mean burns is such a good pitcher you thought it would be a or you hoped it would be at least a pitcher's duel yeah but but i mean taiwan walker's winning streak got snapped in that (laughs) game but the phillies didn't score a single run so which if you're going to do that, I'd rather see them do that against uh, one of the top pitchers in baseball than mm-hmm. <laughs> than the uh, fifth starter just called up from Double A, which seems to be their their grand nemesis at times, right? But right, but so here, so then that brings us to to the, this point right now. So it's the trade deadline just coming up on Tuesday, right? So so this is probably our last show before the trade deadline. So mm-hmm. is there the opportunity then to? 
to right some of the wrongs. So why don't we talk about what some of the issues are then that's keeping this team essentially a 500 tick above 500 ish type team. You know, the 500 teams have those ups and downs, but I will say the other teams that they're, they're kind of near in the standings, the, the Reds, the San Francisco Giants, they're all kind of along those same lines. So I think, I think all three of those teams, um, the, certainly the Marlins who are now behind the Phillies, and I think they will stay behind the Phillies. They've got a lot of flaws. So I think, I think this wild card is going to come down to who can address the flaws the best. And we saw last year, Dave Dombrowski was willing to make some moves. Even the year before, he was willing to make some moves. Of course, they had next to nothing to trade two years ago. Had a little bit more last year. They have more now, but they don't necessarily want to give it all up. So so what would you do then, or what would you say would be those holes that you need to address? Well, I'm I, Frank, they obviously need a bat, which is hard to believe with the lineup that they have. But we're now you know, more than halfway through the season. We can see that some of the guys that we were hoping – would be more consistent offensively, just aren't, you know, whether it's Trey Turner, whether it's Kyle Schwarber, who amazingly has over 20 home runs and over 60 RBIs, but still has a lower batting average and on-base percentage that you would like. Um, you know, Bryce Harper's now playing first base a lot, so that's interesting. JT Realmoto really hasn't rounded into the form that you expect like, like he did last year. So there's there's got to be an outfield bat that they – could be able to pick up whether it's a, a Bellinger or who, who who's playing so well, he might be outpricing himself, but um, you know, we've heard the name Adam Duvall um, that, that would be probably a big key, especially even to have somebody off the bench who could hit if you need uh, a bat, a right-handed arm, even though Dominguez is back. I mean, I, I just don't know how much mileage you continue to get out of junior Marte and Hoffman, Jeff Hoffman, who've been great. They've been really good, but you'd like to have that veteran right-hander um, and especially not knowing how Dominguez is going to be now that he's back. So bat, right-handed arm. And listen, I am i don't think it's needed. Certainly pitching is their strength, right? But if a if a starter, a really good starter becomes available and he's like a, a one or a two and you know you feel like the price is right, I wouldn't be against it. I think you can if you if you have a chance to improve your rotation and you're a playoff team, you do it whether or not you need it. The best teams do. So I would put that number three out of three, but I wouldn't like I wouldn't just scoff at it because they've had great starting pitching this year. So let's break that down a little bit. So there there are two things I would like to see the Phillies get. The first first is that outfield bat, uh, you know, right handed bat. The Phillies apparently they're it's been well reported that they are looking for a right-handed bat for the outfield. Cody Bellinger would be the one exception because he can, he's hitting like 350 against lefties. So if he's a lefty hitting 350 against lefties, I'm okay with that. I think Bellinger's the best option out there, but he's also going to be in high demand. And I don't know what the Phillies would like to give up for that position, but Bellinger could give, could play left field. And he could also play first base if Harper's just not working out. And then in which case, then you're stuck living with Schwarber in left field. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but I, th- that, I, f- I feel like that's, I, I guess the question there that I would have is how comfortable are you with Bryce Harper at first base? I mean, it looks pretty good so far to me. That's the thing. I feel like I've been comfortable with it so far, but you're going to face really good teams in the playoffs. You're going to face some good teams with great left-handed hitters, you know, and you're going to see some rips down the line. And I just don't know how well 
he's going to play those. But then again, you know, Reese Hoskins didn't play it well either, and they went to the World Series last year. So, um, I yeah, do to be honest, about- and I'm not, I don't want to mm-hmm. hurt a man when he's down already. But, but there are a couple plays that that Harper made. I thought, well, you know, Hoskins isn't going to do that. I mean, even yeah. even. I think his judgment jumping off of first base when he needs to, to, to stop the ball from going into the dugout or down the line. Yeah. I think he's got better judgment so far than, than Hoskins seemed to have at times. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it, to me, it's not an ideal situation, but, um, sometimes you have to make, sometimes you have to weaken one area to strengthen another. And if you're strengthening that area and br- because you're bringing in Bellinger, right. And he's that good of a player and you can put him in and, and DH Schwarber, that makes you, you know, at least gives you an opportunity to score more runs and compensate for some of the mistakes you're making. And then you look at the bigger picture and say, hey, we're pitching pretty well. So we are keeping the run total down, um, no matter who we put at first base. I, I think that that's one of those sacrifices that you just live with. So the one name that has come out that the Phillies would be interested in, uh, this was via Bob Nightingale of USA Today, was Tommy Pham of the New York Mets. If you look at his numbers, I mean, he's, Got a decent OPS over eight, I think, or maybe close to eight. I can't remember the exact number now, but that's not the sexy name. But is that a name that you would be comfortable with if the Phillies can get him to play left field? Um, you know, Fam's interesting to me. I mean, when he's hot, he's pretty good. I mean, he's had a couple of years where he's hit twenty home runs, and I think he's a guy who usually bats around two sixty, and he has always had a decent on base percentage up in the three fifties. So, um. OPS 813 right now. Oh, that's a pretty good OPS. That's that's a little high for him. I'm sure his career is not 813, so he's having a good Eight, year. 789 is his career. Yeah. So, so above average for him. Yeah. So sometimes you worry about getting that guy who's playing a little bit above average. Like, like what are you going to do with him? Are you going to put him in left field every day and DH Schwarb? Look. Yeah, I think I, that would be the plan. At this point, the way I've seen Schwarber play left field, and I give him a lot of credit for the other night when he tried to dive and, and make the catch and just missed it. Um, against Baltimore, but at this point, I'll take a streaky Tommy Pham playing left field and Schwarber at DH. I would. I think it, it does help. I think it so, helps you defensively. So that kind of gives you the indication of the type of player that the Phillies would be going after. I don't think that Pham would cost a whole whole lot right. to get in trade. I don't think that uh, like a Randall Grichuk or a Lane Thomas, both of the. It's funny they're all like former Cardinals, all three, <laughs> but. Oh. Uh, but those, I think, are the types of players the Phillies are looking for here. I don't see them going after any big, big names for that bat. Well, I would say, and I know, I think the, the Red Sox, I don't know what kind of mode they're in. Um, I mean, they're clearly going to not win their division. They're, they're, even though they're eight games over 500, and even making the wild card for them is probably going to be pretty tough. They're, they're, I think a couple of games, maybe a game and a half out. So I don't know if they're going to be in, in cell mode, but Adam Duvall to me is not a, a, uh, he's more of a feast or famine type player, right? And he's not going to be as consistent as, say, a Tommy Pham is, and he's not having the kind of year. Uh, but I tell you what, sometimes those guys who hit those dramatic home runs, like the Matt Stairs of the world, right? Like you, they are so valuable in the playoffs because pitchers fear them and they can make a game turn in a finger snap more than say Tommy Pham does, you know? So if Duvall were to be available, I would, even though he's not having a great year, even though you can strike him out a billion times and it's not exactly what the Phillies need. I just feel like him in the playoffs in that order could really scare some pitchers and make, 
even if it's one swing, man, if he goes one for four, but like with Schwarber, right? But it's a three-run home run, then you've really kind of turned the tables there. Um, in the po- almost like what Reese Hoskins does for the team sometimes when he's streaky, and then bam, he blasts a big one, and and you're up four to two. Now Duvall, one of the things about him is I saw the Braves would have interest in Duvall, but but again, it's hard for the Red Sox to sort of concede. I mean, I'm looking at the standing. I mean, the wild card standings are a game and a half out of the wild card in the AL. Part of the problem is Minnesota is leading the Central four games over 500, and of course they are they are if if and I think I said this before. If you take the AL East and then you put the the AL Central under them, it looks like it's all in order because the the best mm-hmm. team in the Central is is worse off record wise than the worst team in the East. Yeah. But you know, I, I the teams that are in and around Boston, Toronto, you know, I feel like that could go either way. Toronto or Boston as to who can make the playoffs. Uh Houston is one of the wild cards, but they seem to be uh, catching up to Texas. They're they're getting pretty close to Texas in the standings. They have not been in first place yet this season, but the Astros, as we saw last year, they certainly have a lot of talent. I would not be shocked if they pull ahead of the Rangers and the Rangers. I mean, let's face it, they're they're kind of playing above their heads a little bit. So anyway, the reason I bring all this up is I just don't know if the Red Sox would would sell at this point. Yeah, no, you're you're making a good point. It'd be really hard to sell to the fan base. I think you know that they that you didn't try so. So but we'll see. I mean, you know, look at the uh, L.A. Angels. They're four games out of the wild card. They're they're buying. Uh, they got Lucas Giolito. Right. So uh, there'll be a lot of teams that are trying. There's, you know, all these teams, the Seattle Mariners, two games over 500. They got a decision to make. Right. So mm-hmm. so <laughs> that makes mm-hmm. me think that the prices will be higher because there's so many teams on the bubble that are you in or are you out? And I, and I think it's really hard to sell to a fan base that you're out. I remember that the Chicago White Sox several years ago, uh, gosh, probably goes back 15, 20 years ago, but they made a decision to, to sell and it, it really rocked the city. Yeah. Yeah. It did. That's why I, I was kind of wondering with them falling way out, like would, would Lewis Robert become available? But I mean, I, I don't even know how many prospects it would take to get him. It would probably take a whole lot. Yeah, they're but I think now it's it's fair to say the White Sox are for out of it, and of course now that they're trading the likes of Giolito, they're they're basically announcing that the shop is open there. Yeah. Uh, so now um, another How team, about Laureano that, uh, from the Oakland Athletics, would that interest you at all? Who is that? Ramon Laureano. Is he available? I mean, he was available. I thought last year at this time, and there were no moves made. I mean, they're terrible. They always want you know they're always looking to unload. Um, I, I don't know that they would trade I don't him. Know that he moves the needle enough. But... Yeah, twenty nine years old at this point. I, when's he going to be a free? He's been up since twenty eight. Okay, he's he's probably the actually. You know, the, now that you mention it, he's somebody that could be moved. I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, his free agent. Be... I mean, you know, but nobody is on that team, so. Yeah, he might be approaching free agency. So there there could be a name that's moved. I will say too, like Dombrowski always seems to get the ones we never think of. So maybe you're yeah. thinking of it for him or 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 concurrently with him and nobody's nobody's noticing. <laughs> <laughs> uh but one team that will will be uh probably selling something if they have uh would be the Detroit Tigers. And here's here's my to my point about a pitcher. Mm-hmm. Um this was this was a report that came out the Phillies are one of the teams that are interested in Eduardo Rodriguez, uh, who is a starting pitcher for the Detroit Tigers. And 
also Dave Dombrowski knows very well from his days in Boston. So, right. Right. uh, so, so it makes me think that the Phillies are, and this is something I've been saying on the air for, for weeks. I still want the Phillies to get another starting pitcher. I, you know, that it, it's wonderful what Christopher Sanchez has done for the Phillies. Mm-hmm. But if you think back to last year, what happened? Zach Eflin got hurt. Then what? They were yep. basically trying to cobble it together the rest of the way. And right. it really was, really was difficult. So I don't want to take the chance that somebody gets hurt and they have absolutely nobody to fill that role because if, you know, Sanchez is probably playing a little bit above his head. Oh, definitely. Again, yeah. Doing admirably. So what happens then if all of a sudden, I don't know, I don't want to name a name because I don't want anybody to get hurt, but it happens, right? Yep. So what happens if someone slips on on the mound and tweaks an ankle and they're out for three weeks? Yeah. Then what? No, that's a great point. And like like I said, even if it doesn't happen, you can't have enough really good pitching uh, for the playoffs. Guys can move into the, the bullpen if need be, like a Christopher Sanchez um Anybody can. I and mean, we've seen that happen a billion times. And, and the Tigers are apparently getting a lot of uh, interest here. So his uh, he just signed a contract heading into 2022, five years, $77 million. Mm-hmm. But he can opt out after this year. So he'll have three years and $49 million left uh, that he can decide to to take or go out to the open market. So that could be why Detroit would trade him. Uh I think he's a very, very nice pitcher. <laughs> In fact, yes. I think I think if they can get somebody like him and convince him to stay, that would help them out a lot. Uh, you know, facing losing Aaron Nola, I don't, I honestly have no idea where that's going at this point. Uh, but Phillies are going to need some arms beyond this year. So if they're going to trade for an arm, I'd rather it be somebody like that who would be available beyond this year. I mean, I don't know if you'd be willing to work that into the trade or guarantee that he'll take it. I guess it depends on his relationship with with uh, Dave Dombrowski, but hey, maybe the Phillies could sign him as a free agent in the offseason anyway. Yeah, that's true. I wouldn't mind swing a trade and see if they can't throw in, uh, you know, Riley Green or uh, or Spencer Torkelson. That would be. <laughs> no, I don't think they'll be getting rid of those guys anytime soon. No, but they uh, they but this this could be a trade piece for the Tigers if you know they're still trying to trying to get things together mm-hmm. and. Uh, by the way, speaking of the Tigers, you know our, our old friends that are playing in Detroit. You know, I think I think we've seen what happens if they're overexposed. You know, so uh, I think that I think that Soto trade. You know, Soto who got the save last night. Uh, I think it was a good deal. What do you think? Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, again, like Matt Vierling. You're talking about the Vierling and uh, Mason yep. Soto trade. Yeah, you know, Soto can be very very implosive at times and he he struggled a little bit um as of late until the other night against baltimore but I, give me the left-hander who can throw 100 over the two you, you know utility guys <laughs> any day of the week um so I, I i'm i'm happy with that trade and and soto's has had to be relied on with um jose alvarado missing so much time so i think it was a good deal it made sense so and they're already used to each other's system, I'm sure, if they worked out a deal already. So maybe the Tigers would have some interest in some of the players that they were talking about before the season began mm-hmm. to to see if there's a, a possible deal there. But but yeah, apparently that the Phillies are among the teams keep 
keeping tabs on Eduardo Rodriguez, although a lot of teams are interested in him having a pretty, pretty good year uh, for the Tigers. So, so yeah, so, so for me, I want the starting pitcher. I want the, I want the, the bat in right field that can hit right-handed or can be Cody Bellinger. (laughs) But, uh, but beyond that, I'm not, I'm, I'm actually not that worried about the bullpen. I mean, yeah, you have to see what, what Dominguez is now, if there's, if they can do what they did last year and oh, maybe it could even be him, but if there's like a David Robertson type out there, that's inexpensive. I, you know, I, I wouldn't sure. mind seeing them grab somebody like him. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they need to, to go too super big or, or give too many resources for a relief pitcher. But I think that that's a, that's an option. And, um, you know, down- someone like David Robertson last year, it could actually be David Robertson. Again. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, because the the Mets the Mets probably would trade somebody like him, but who who has been pretty decent ended up being their their closer, <laughs> yeah. uh, thanks to the injury uh, to to um oh I'm gonna I'm gonna mix him up with his brother now <laughs> no Eddie not Alexis Edwin. yes yes <laughs> um, but but yeah the Diaz brothers both have become nice nice closers but David Robertson uh, four and two two oh five ERA saved fourteen games so. He's having a pretty nice season for the Mets. Uh, yep. He's somebody the Mets could move if they make moves. Uh, was a out uh, uh, of you know also for the Mets has been pretty good. Yeah, um, so I, he's another guy I would look at. Yeah, but then with the Mets, you know, the, the would the Mets sell? I guess that's a question too because you know if, if you look at some of the quotes, you know, uh, people are are thinking, well, you know, if we go on a run, but I yeah, I, I, think I, I think they're pretty dumb. <laughs> I think that they're definitely going to sell. Yeah. So, but will they trade with the Phillies too? Do they want the Phillies to? Uh, that's always well, that's, a big question. That's a question. Yeah. I don't think the the Nationals would care so much if they they traded the Phillies uh, Lane Thomas or something. But um, but you know, it's not like one of those. Yeah, I was gonna say I would think that I don't know how old Lane Thomas is. Um, but if I'm the Nationals, I would think I want to hold on to him. He's had such a great year. Yeah. Well, he he's he's got five major league years in. So I mean, he's probably getting closest to free agency. I have to. Look yeah. up the exact. Uh, I mean, it could be, could be uh, next, could be after next year. But, uh, but yeah, well, but he is uh, sneak under the radar guys that you were mentioning that maybe Dabrowski could pull off that would would not cost that much. Um, but he's had a heck of a year. He's got to be top five in the National League in hits. Who's that? Lane Thomas. Oh yeah, Lane Thomas. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So he's got eight, 118 hits, batting two ninety three, eight twenty seven OPS. That's yeah, nice. he's, he he is having himself a a nice year, and it's, and again, really funny that that he <laughs> and the other two names I mentioned are all Randall Gritchuk and uh, uh, Tommy Pham, all former Cardinals. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> <laughs> shows shows you what that Cardinal system is doing. But uh, but yeah, so if he, if he's available, I mean the, the the Nationals certainly would be selling high if they did uh, didn't make such a move, but. Uh, but the, the Nationals got to do something to get get some even younger blood in there. So it looks like Lane Thomas is twenty seven years old. So, hmm. hey, I like it. I, I mean, again, that that makes me think the Nationals would want to hold on to him. Um, they've actually done better over the last month or so. The Nationals, as far as getting guys on base, you know, Thomas has played better. Joey Manessis has played better. Uh, Dominic Smith has had a decent season for them. Keimer Candelario, former Tiger. Uh, has has come and through as as a pretty decent hitter for them. They're not they're not like a team you're going to beat eleven to two like they were in April, you know, like three times out of four times, you know. 
Yeah, it looks like Thomas is not a free agent uh, until after the 2025 season. So if they trade him now, two more years of arbitration and team control. So so if you get someone like that now, here's a question for the Phillies. Do you have a spot in the outfield next year? Are you? Um, Unless you... Harper goes back to the outfield. You still have Castellanos and you've got Marsh. Yeah, that's a really good question. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I've said this all along. I mean, Harper could stick at first base, depending on what's, what's going on. I, I think that there's a, uh, a real possibility that it's easier to get an outfielder than it is at first. I, you know what I mean? Like, especially if he's that yeah. good at first base. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't know. We, we have a small sample size, but. Right. Right. But I, I, I saw somebody that could win a gold glove at first base. You know, if he's playing like he played his first few games, couldn't he win a gold glove? Uh well I mean yes <laughs> well yeah but... I mean, Alec Bohm could win a glow glow glove because he's made some amazing plays at third base including the game I was at against uh, was it the Brewers game second game against the Brewers where he he made that throw from almost shallow left field on a high hopper and threw the runner out of I was maybe it was the night before but that was an incredible throw he's made a couple of plays this year where it's like holy cow and, and going back to last year in the playoffs when he just all of a sudden started getting everything. It's like, man, Alec Bohm's really coming into his own as a fielder. And so what I think is going to happen, uh, too, for the Phillies, we're going to see some of the prospects rise up in the system a little bit, uh, the trade deadline. Usually the trade deadline is a good time to start making some moves. I think it's time for Griff McGarry to go to AAA. Mm. You know, he could be somebody that helps the Phillies in September. You know, yep. I would at least like them like like to see what what he can do there. He's been pretty good. He got up to a little bit of a rocky start, but he's now 12 starts in, 309 ERA, 122 whip, but he's been improving uh, constantly. And uh, the game he pitched in Altoona was nationally shown on MLB.tv and mm-hmm. MILB.tv. And uh, in front of that big audience, he stepped up and threw seven scoreless. So uh, I think it's I think it's time to start to see him move up to AAA. I think it will happen soon. I mean, they've... You know, usually the, the at the trade deadline, the, the, some pieces might be moved out, but mm-hmm. um, you also release some players that are clear that are not going to help you this year. So, I mean, Drew Hutchinson, I mean, he's kind of a filler at AAA, you know, who you, who played for the Phillies years ago. Yeah. But, you know, players like that sometimes get cut to make room for the prospects. So, uh, yeah. Plus, so McGarry could, could also be one of these pieces that we're talking about to go for a player if it winds up being someone of, of more – substance than you know we're talking about yeah i think if they do that though to trade mcgarry or i don't know that they would trade honestly i don't know if they would trade him or abel i feel like they would try to keep their pitching prospects more than more than their positional prospects uh because th- th- they're gonna need them i mean let's just be honest right they've been trying to build this stash of pitchers since dombrowski got there while rebuilding and they purposely have not traded those assets so I think I think that they'll still both stay. I don't think they're going to be available for other teams. Um, you know, Abel could be somebody that moves up to AAA as well. I mean, he's younger than than McGarry by a couple of years, few years actually. So uh, Abel's yeah. twenty one, McGarry's twenty four. But yeah, I, I think they would like to hold on to them. Now, let me ask you about this name because uh, we're talking about prospects and um, what, what do you think of Johan Rojas so far? He's fun. He's fun to watch, you know, and uh, he's got speed. He can hit. He came up with a big hit the other night at a big, big uh, moment. I like, I, I mean, I like it. It's again, it's a small sample. 
Um, it's interesting to have him here at the major league showing what he's got while you know that you've got uh, Crawford, right, as your your center field jewel of the future because it signals to me that if you want to be aggressive on the trade market, you know that you have a couple of center fielders here uh, who can play. Yeah, even Simone Muziati too, who oh yeah, who interestingly uh, got leapfrogged by Rojas uh, coming up to the major leagues, mm-hmm. uh, even though uh, Muziati had a cup of coffee before. But uh, I wonder if he would be of interest to it. It feels like he's been around forever. You know what I mean? It, does. it really does. Um, even though, even though he is still pretty young. Yeah, well, he's getting there. He's twenty four. So I think it's, I think it's time for Muziati to to either help the Phillies or. Help somebody else. Yeah. Um, now he they signed him way, way, way back in what was that, 2015 or 16, when the Red Sox um, were found to have illegally uh, scouted him or whatever they did. Right, but, I remember that. Yeah, so the Phillies jumped in and grabbed him because uh, it wouldn't. It only cost them money. It wouldn't count towards their their international spending limit. So, right. Um, but but yeah, it, it's probably time for him to to actually do something. In fact, I was surprised they didn't give him the opportunity first. I mean, he's batting 332 at AAA. So, uh 837 OPS, 22 stolen bases. So, you got to think he would help he would be helpful to somebody if not the Phillies. Right. No, I I would I would imagine so just the way like Mickey Moniak is helping the Angels right now. <laughs> mm. He's uh All yeah. right, so, <laughs> so let's talk about that for a second cuz uh <laughs> my my buddy uh Father Ed Casey on Twitter he just just tweeted about that. He was wondering, should Phillies fans be a little concerned about uh, him doing so well? Or let me let me quote him here. He says, Moniak batting third behind Otani in game one today. Does that bother Phillies fans? What do you think? I don't think it should. I mean, it would be one thing if the Phil- – well, was I don't remember now the exact trading. I don't remember if Marsh came over in the Moniak trade or if that was separate for – Cinder guard. Marsh came over way. first. And Marsh then, came over first. So, but and then the got, Moniac go for for Cindergard right? uh, was like the at the deadline last minute move they made. Right. I still think you have to consider what you got versus what you lost in the entirety. And you got Brandon Marsh, who I think is playing really well. I'm having a. I mean, he's playing. He's playing much better for the Phillies than he played for the Angels. And you having Moniac obviously playing better for the Angels. That he did for the Phillies. Um, they're both very well. They're Marsh has been good defensively. He's had a couple of weird moments this year, but I think that's partly because Schwarber's on his right, and it's tough. So I, I have no no issue. I, I think if Mar- isn't Marsh like third on the team in RBIs? I mean, he's he's, he's done. He's well leading the team in OPS. Yeah, he's leading the team in OPS. In fact, the other night, Frank, I was a little disappointed that. I, my memory is that was it against the Brewers or the first game against the Orioles where Schwarber was at second and they had yep. an opportunity to put it was a tie game right they had yep, an opportunity could have pinch to put run Marsh yeah this is the game where Bryce Harper got thrown out at home right so it's the first game against the Orioles um, I I would have had no problem at all and I actually think he should have done it putting Marsh in the pinch run there and to say well you would have taken Schwarber's bat out of the lineup. Mike retort would have been, well, you've been replacing it with the guy who has the highest OPS yep. on the damn team. So <laughs> I, I got no issue with that. And I was actually disappointed that Rob Thompson didn't do it. Yeah, that, I'm, I'm with you there. And and it looked like that Marsh was like like in the dugout ready to jump up and run. And for whatever yeah. reason, he didn't. I 
I think so. I think sometimes you can't think about what ifs later. You just got to go for it. You know, uh, I think that was one of those moments. And, and then that was the game then that, that Schwarber didn't make that play and left. And then you wonder, right. well, would, would uh, Marsh have course. made that, that play? That was my first thought, you know, and Marsh was there. Absolutely. And then poor Schwarber, like Jake Cave makes that a uh, nice play in the outfield yesterday. And then yeah. of course the cameras pan right to Schwarber. <laughs> right. Right. Oh my. <laughs> And then Bryce Harper is like flawless at first base, and Schwarber can't can't even play there either. I mean, it's yeah, Schwarber Schwarber is not made for the field. I will say again, if I mentioned this in a previous podcast, but if if you haven't seen Kyle Schwarber play first base for the Red Sox, just Google Kyle Schwarber first base. You will find the video, and uh, it didn't go so great, <laughs> but not. I think he I think his reaction to it showed that he understands his limitations. Yeah. He gives it his best. Yep. But he understands his limitations. So so for some comedy relief, look at that. Now now back to Rojas for a second. I you know, I I thought I thought his speed helped them win some games. You know, the fact that you could that he just a, a, a dynamic base stealer and someone that you can be comfortable sending to to home on a on a single from second, like that that means a lot. And at least he gives you that besides that big hit. I like those other things he brings or brings to a team. I think so. I think I think other teams watching would be interested. Uh, definitely, hundred uh, percent. I would be. <laughs> I'm I'm sort of interested in seeing it through and keeping him a little bit. I mean, it depends again on who you're bringing back in a trade. But now I wonder, you know, when Pache gets healthy, like, do you just go right back to Pache, who was playing well too, but in, the guy hasn't stayed healthy, or do you just stick with Rojas if he's continuing to play well? Now, I think Pache gives you something, and I, th- I think it really, I think really you want to see that Pache thing through as well. So they, they might, yeah. they might profile file similarly, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, ones that people didn't know if they'd have the major league bat, but certainly got the other 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 tools. Um, and it's a shame with Pache too. Like he it was just a screw that he had in his elbow since before he was signed professionally. Oh, wow. Just happened to be bothering him that they had to get rid of it. So. Um, you know, I think that if they, if they know that they're going to get him back soon, I mean, if they can make a, a decent deal, maybe, you know, the outfielder incoming ends up replacing, uh, Rojas on the roster, depending what they trade Rojas for. And mm-hmm. then, uh, you know, then Pache's in the wings if you need him. So, uh, but you feel a lot better with these types of players. And by the way, apologies to the guy. Cause, cause I seem to like him as a person, but I just don't think Jake Cave is a major leaguer, you know, it, uh, Dominant at AAA, dominant in spring training, but I mean, he, the guy's got a thousand at bats in the major leagues at this point. Is it fair to say he's probably not a major league player? Yeah, I mean, I think the gray uh, beard stubble kind of gives away the fact that he's <laughs> he's only thirty. I know that's the kind of crazy thing. It's less <laughs> emblematic of the fact that he's like older in look and and like he's worn out and welcome already in the majors, and he's not even that old, you know. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's. I don't know. It's funny because I was like the other day, it was two days ago, three days ago. And I'm, and I just kept thinking to myself, why is, why is Jake cave here? And then he made that really nice play in left field against the Orioles. And I was, and I said, okay, you know, at least he, he gave you something there. And he had a hit, I think also. And, um, but yeah, yeah he had a nice just, hit. Yeah. Yeah. You just want to see this team stay healthy and stop having these strange injuries and God, just to, just to get Schwarber back into the DH now. I mean, you have the opportunity with Harper playing first to do it. And 
And of course, I, I always have to remind people when the Phillies signed him, it was never to be a full-time fielder. <laughs> you know, you do they, wonder if that's taken a toll on him from a batting step, from his on-base percentage and his low batting average, if having to play the field has had an impact on that at all. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good question. Fair question. I, I mean, I don't know. I, well, why don't we talk about that, that next, like the, the underperformance from the, the, from the vets. Now look, JT Romuto is now 32 years old. I mean, he's old in catcher years. Uh, yeah. you know, I, I, and I, you know, I, one thing I've, I've said is I really wish they had taken advantage of the opportunities earlier in the season when Harper wasn't with the team to play some DH, uh, to maybe play some first base. They didn't do it. Uh, you know, I, I, I thought that that would have been really good to, to help get more out of him as the catcher on the days he does catch. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that, that when you sign a real Muto uh, at the age he was at 30 years old, you're almost expecting that you're going to see some regression at some point in the deal. I, could it be that he's just, just getting up there in years? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, when he signed that deal, we said, you know, worry about that in three or four years. And, you know, thankfully it was, remember how we were happy that the deal wound up being, it was a five-year deal. Right? Five-year deal. Instead of a seven-year deal or, or six yeah, or that would because it would have been, you know, potentially disastrous. So, uh, like he's still a good catcher. He still throws guys out. He's he's an offensive liability lately. I mean he, it's it, I mean it's not like he's rolling over or striking out every time. He does hit put the ball in the air. Decently. It feels like he has warning track power now than legit power. Yeah, but you know who knows what you're going to get by this time next year. That you know the, that you said that ex- exactly well. You know, just his power is just not there like it used to be. So. So I don't know. I mean, are they overusing him? I mean, I think it's fair to say, does he need to sit more? I mean, is he is he somebody who should be? I say should. You know, meaning I know in the ideal situation, should he be DHing once a week and having a day off too? Like, you know, well, not the, behind um, the plate two days a, a week. Isn't that what basically Darren Dalton was for the Marlins when he got traded there? No, he had, was a first uh, baseman for the Marlins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They played him at first base, right? Because they had Charles Johnson, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, they had Charles Johnson, and he he and Conine uh, yeah. both seemed to switch off uh, at first base. I guess you can't call it a pl- platoon because they were both lefty hitters, right? <laughs> right. Um, but, uh, yeah, so uh, they they both – I guess they just <laughs> – Got him in there when they could, but uh, right. but uh, you know he was required for his leadership and just getting the Marlins over the edge, which you know he was able to give them. But um, I don't, I don't. I don't I, pardon me, Jeff Conine batted right, so yes, that would yeah, be a, right. That right. was a platoon. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, I don't know what they do as far as giving him more rest because he's still valuable as a catcher. And personally, I think that the reason why he doesn't play other or DH or give him some first base ops is because he doesn't want to. I think he's pretty, I would imagine that he's pretty vocal. I think he, he prides himself on catching 80 to 85% of those games and they're not going to um, challenge him on it. Sometimes they have to, right? I mean, I, th- yeah, I do. And I, you know, plus I, I like when Stubbs is in the lineup. Sometimes I think he brings a little bit of a, uh, of a, of a good bat and like a fire starter or a spark plug type to, and the team likes him. Um, so it's nice to see him every once in a while get in there other than the, you know, a day game after a night game once every two weeks. Now, how about, uh, let's talk about Trey Turner for a second here. So it seems to be now we've actually gotten to the point where we've heard people say him adjusting to Philadelphia, blah, 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 blah. Is yeah. this all in his head? I think so, Frank. I mean, I, I, 
it's not like I watched Trey Turner every single day when he was with the Dodgers or the Nationals, but we saw him a good deal with the Nationals, and he was such a good contact hitter. And I, he was not a guy who waved at the outside pitches. Um, the way I, he, I feel like he's going up there sort of like Castellanos last year, just unsure of what he's seeing, just trying hard to make contact instead of waiting for the right pitch to make contact on and pressing. I, I think he's just kinking out of his own way right now. And I, and it might be like Castellanos last year where you may not see the best of Trey Turner until next year. <laughs> yeah. I, you know what? I, I, You've seen some flashes of it, you know. There, there have been some couple. games where yeah. he's had a, a Trey Turner type game, and you thought, okay, is this it? Uh, in fact, the the other night when he got ejected for throwing his batting gloves to the the bet boy, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which, which of course, you know, we could we could go on about that. But I thought, okay, well, good. Here, here he has to be removed from the game. He can sit and watch. Then he watched Edmundo Sosa come up in a critical situation with runners on base. I think Sosa ground into a double play. I can't remember what the deal was, but but I thought that might have been what helped propel him, but didn't seem to do anything the next day. So he got he got the day off against the Orioles uh, right before the regular day off. So I don't know, maybe some time to clear his head. But I, I, I thought after the ejection, that would have been a good time to sit and watch and didn't yeah. seem to do much. Yeah. No, it didn't. Uh, All right. I was actually happy about the ejection because I thought, like you're saying, like he just just let it out, vent, get all your frustrations out, and then come back tomorrow and go four for four, right? But that's not uh, how it was written. It didn't work out that way, and I, like that—that's why I think that you're just. I think once it gets in your head that much, and you're having that kind of quote unquote Philadelphia year or Northeast team year, um, you really need the whole year to just get it out of your system. But now he's. He was always a better contact hitter than Castellanos, right? Castellanos was a slugger mm-hmm. um, who had some good 300 year or close to 300 years, but I felt like Trey Turner was a, was more consistent, made contact better, struck out less. So I still hold out some hope that he can clear his head and then just maybe even for the playoffs. Like once you made the playoffs, you made the playoffs. Everything's all you know. You get the monkey off your back and and then get back to being the Trey Turner of old. I would give him the benefit of the doubt more so than like last year, I could tell that Castellanos was done. Um, so we'll see. Yeah. I, I still have high hopes. I think he's way too good to be playing like this. I, I, I don't, I don't know what, what gets him focused again, but wouldn't it be nice if, <laughs> you know, if come September, they get the trade Turner that they thought they were signing. I mean, that's I gotta be, that's, that's what you got to hold out hope for. I mean, <laughs> They've got it right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't know that 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 would be bigger than anybody they could add at, at the trade deadline if he could just be Trey Turner. <laughs> well, so. can you? I mean, over the last four years, five years, is there anybody that they've signed in free agency who has had a really good first year that you expected that? Even Bryce Harper's first year was good, but not great. It wasn't MVP standard. Certainly not Castellanos. Now it's not not Turner Schwarber's first year. You know, was what last year? What's that? Castellanos. Schwarber and Castellanos last year, yeah. Yeah, I mean, even Schwarber. I mean, he get, he hit you the home runs, but it took two months for him to come, and then the, the batting average and OBP were, were way down from what they normally were. The shame that they've got all these expensive bats, you know, I would it might help the Phillies. You know, I just asked the question a little while ago about is there room in the outfield next year? Maybe they could trade one of them. I mean, 
yeah. you know, while they still have some value and give them an opportunity to maybe reset some of the, uh, the other positions on the, on the roster. Cause you know, just, I, I don't like the idea of, of using the DH spot for a DH. <laughs> I mean, if you, I'm with you. If you have to, you have to, but I, I really do like that as the kind of the thing to cycle through and get people rest and keep your sure. lineup mostly intact. And that's what I would like to see personally, but well, that's a ways away. Yeah. We, we still have a trade deadline to go. All right, Jeff, before we go, do you think the Phillies will make some deals? I do. I absolutely do. You know, I, I think they'll make more than one. Uh, you know, we'll see what, what it is they wind up addressing. I, I have a hard time thinking they're not going to bring in uh, an outfielder or, you know, right field outfielder. Um, don't know about the pitching. I, I would imagine if you were to tell me, I would think that they would get uh, an outfielder and a bullpen arm. But I'm going to go outfielder and starting pitcher. Starting pitcher. All right. So, but again, I I think that Dave Dombrowski is very good at keeping things quiet. Mm-hmm. I think the names could still surprise us and maybe not be one of the ones that we're talking about. But that's the way Dave does business. Right. All right. We'll we'll catch up after the trade deadline and see where the Phillies are and what they did and break it all down. But for now, this has been the Powder Blue Podcast. Frank Close, Jeff Mosher. Catch you after the deadline.